You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. All right, everybody. Welcome in. Welcome in to an episode of Mile High Insiders. Uh, hopefully the internet's doing well. We're getting absolutely dumped on here in the Pacific Northwest. Much needed rain. Uh, hopefully killing some of that wildfire smoke for you guys in Colorado. Luke, how you doing? Busy day for you today. What's up, man? It's been a beautiful day. It's been a football day. I know you guys have been watching college football. I've been coaching it. Flag football, eight-year-olds had an absolute blast today. We won a game. We, lo- we lost a game. Then we won a game. Everyone had a blast. And uh, that's what it's all about, man, especially at that age. So our team name, ironically, is the Broncos. We did get blue and orange for our jerseys. I don't know how that happened, who pulled any strings there, but uh, we got the Broncos a win today. Hoping to get a Broncos a win tomorrow, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. Welcome in, everybody. We want to say hello to Stu Meat right out of the gate here with the uh, 99 cent uh, super over here on YouTube. Thank you so much, Stu. Also, George Newton's in the house. Uh, he better talking about Teddy Bridgewater. I'm assuming, I'm assuming here he better win because people are tired of losing. Just saying, absolutely. Uh, anything less than three and zero start with those teams means we have a long season ahead. One game at a time. Let's just get to two and zero there. Mm. I know it's kind of boring, but uh, you know, just baby steps, right? How do you eat an elephant? Uh, Stu Meat coming in. How's it? Uh, are you aware of How's it? I think it was the last show or a couple Saturdays ago where I saw How's it all over the chat, and I'm like, I don't like, I don't know where that's from, but I like it. No. No, no, I don't know. I don't know about it. Is it is it some hip new term that has escaped me and my youth or uh, what? what is it? I think it's just a general like, you know, how's it going? And gen- obviously, how's it? But I how's think it? it's Hawaiian. How's it? In Oregon. All right. Yeah. I mean, you uh, did that. So okay. you just, it's in yeah. your blood. How's it? Uh, <laughs> word. Dylan, <laughs> speaking of how's it, Dylan's in the house. It's up Broncos country. Dylan also in here. Make sure you hit that like button on the way in. Uh, thought positive thoughts, George. Here we go. Jay Cozad's in the house too. If Teddy is 90% as good as last week, then we are in good shape. But we'll see if he can be consistent throughout. Uh, Broncos are rushed for 200 yards, says Mike. Let's hope so. US Dave saying play, learn, build. I'll add another one. Stay healthy. Um, we also got Dalton Miles in the house. Hey, Broncos country. Going good, I hope. And uh, Kurt's in the house. What's good, Broncos country? KB82. Cameron Mora. Ernie Mays. We love Ernie Mays in the house. What's up, Ernie? Ernie? Paul Jackson. Michael Paul's in the house, playoff bound, mile high soldier style. There we go. And uh, Tommy Simmers, Hawaii, obviously talking about the house it there. John Juno's in the house and oh, obviously God. US Dave. So let's get into it, guys. Saturday night, it is mile high insiders. We're here every single Saturday for you. Uh, I know there's a lot of good college football going today, um, but thank you guys for taking a little bit break today. Six o'clock mountain time, God's time, as we like to say. You can follow Luke and myself on Twitter, Luke at Luke Patterson LP and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at MHI underscore pod and at mile high huddle. Uh, if you guys like the swag here, you know, the hat, the mile high insider looking good. Uh, if you mm. guys can go to huddle pod.com, get your swag on and get a hat. You can get a mile high insiders t-shirt and uh, any of the shows. You guys can uh, find your gear there, rep the shows. Uh, if you're joining us on Facebook today, go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle or facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Join us there and uh, subscribe, like, and share. If you're joining us on YouTube today, we do want to tell you guys about uh, the the competition going on right now, the contest, if you will. Um, It's including YouTube and Facebook this time. We're trying to get to 250K stars for a Justin Simmons jersey. You got to have a 500 star minimum on Facebook. We're 46% there, and uh, we're going to get there. Um, The end of September is hopefully when we're going to announce this, and we got our leaderboards right now. 
Uh, we got Moody coming in right now. Mama Moody. Gotta love it. I'm so excited to watch him uh, this weekend. Should be a great game. Michael Ronquillo, Stu McPeak, Randy Jones, of course, Joshua Shadows in the house. I see Travis Weber coming in. Gary Leeds Palmer, the one, the only. Chris Hernandez, Claude Riley, and Howie Frickin' Day, the winner last time. Um, also, guys, top five finishers on Super Chat, which is over on YouTube, uh, will get their ticket in for that Justin Simmons raffle. And we do want to say the top five here. Uh, we got Michaela Parker, Mark Langley, Stu McPeak, Seth Harmon, and KR. So uh, it's close. You know, there's a lot of names in there, but uh, get your Super Chats in. And uh, thank you to our contributors. And uh, yeah, win a Justin Simmons jersey. I was talking about it the other day. Is there anybody who like embodies, you know, like the community better person than Justin Simmons? Like if I could pick one to rep Denver, Maybe Jokic would be like the number one guy right now. But after that, it might be Justin Simmons. Yeah, man, he's definitely the franchise of this team, especially on defense right now. A team, uh, a team guy. He puts his team before himself. He puts his family and community before himself. Very respectable. I'm glad the Broncos have him. They're going to need him tomorrow, Nick. I'm expecting a lot out of Justin Simmons this year, and I'm expecting some turnovers, especially from Trevor Lawrence. We'll get into that here in a bit, but I need Justin Simmons to respond. I don't necessarily believe that he had a poor game against the Giants, despite, you know, a PFF ranking or what have you. Um, I think Justin Simmons is a fine player and definitely a standout Pat Bolin type of Bronco. Yeah, absolutely. And just a quick correction, KR is Christy, of course. So Christy, Who? Christy Who? you know Christy, Who the, uh, the queen of MHH. <laughs> uh, but good to see her. Want to give her a special shout out there. I think she's going to be at the uh, Broncos the Jets game. Jets game for the, the MHH tailgate. So I know that the Huddle Up yep. guys are talking big about that. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Um, but let's get into it. Obviously, we got some more names coming in here. DBA, good to see you. Good evening, Broncos country. By this time tomorrow, we will be 2-0, and hopefully with no injuries. That's honestly, that's that's the thing I'm holding my breath on. Harry Horton coming in here from New Mexico. We got David Crespin. Wow. Uh, good evening, guys. Great show. It's great to have you, David. Gary Neighbors, go Broncos number one. And uh, Michael coming in here for you. You're talking about the franchise guy here. Uh, he's saying, what about Von Miller? Uh, Justin Simmons, younger, longer contract, and... Uh, It'd be tough to say, you know, but uh, Vaughn's would, gone, dude. Vaughn's gone. Vaughn's on a one year deal, Broncos. Like yeah, I mean, he's he keeps playing like this. I mean, come on, if he keeps playing like this, then my guy Teddy B is going to be playing like this because Teddy's younger. Um, they both have injuries, and we're going to get into that as well. But yeah, Vaughn is off to a great start. I mean, two sacks, and then people aren't giving him enough credit for what he did against the run, Nick. I know you went back and watched the film, and the guy just had his way with the New York Giants offensive line, made them just embarrassed. They should be ashamed of themselves. It's going to be a little bit different later on in the season, but Broncos country should definitely expect similar results tomorrow in Jacksonville. 
Yeah, man. Von Miller, such a tone setter uh, and an energy player. You know, he's maybe not the DeMarcus Ware CEO type on the defense, but man, when he's flashing, it's great. And I'm so excited to watch the games with him and Draymond Jones uh, over on that right side. Uh, Greg Smith's in the house. Good to see you. Always love seeing Greg Smith. Aloha to you. Um, we got a Derek Player saying, should we keep Mike uh, Bradley Chubb out till week four? Um Go ahead, Luke. What do you think? Do you see that one guy trolling me on Bradley Chubb, by the way, on, on Twitter? I, it's great. I mean, shocker, right? Shocker. Um, so earlier in the week, I said it sounded like Bradley Chubb's going to play. I still think he's going to play, but it's going to yeah. be on that snap count. This is a similar conversation that Lance and I had last week, a similar conversation you and I have had about Bradley Chubb in previous seasons. Uh, it's just bizarre. It's weird. I don't know. There's a rumor out there, you know, that maybe he's being pushed a little bit more than he'd like to be. I don't necessarily know that. It's pure mm -hmm. speculation. But I think the Broncos want him to go. He's an athlete. He's a leader. He wants to go as well. Yeah. Will that ankle be able to go? I think tomorrow morning we'll know. Yeah, I mean, even if he goes out there and gets 10 snaps and starts to feel a little bit better about that, you know, just baby steps, like we said earlier, I think that would be good. Now is that, does that change right. your formulation for the active roster when it comes to the back end uh, for special teams? And is that 10 snaps worth it with the depth you have? That's a question that the coaches are going to have to come down to and decide uh, tomorrow. Um, but we'll see what happens there. We got Michael Ronquillo coming in here saying good evening, Nick and Luke can't stay. Oh man, don't go Michael uh, because going to college football game in Tucson, Arizona, just showing some love to your guys, uh, to you guys in Broncos country. Go Broncos. Uh, I'm not sure who Arizona's playing, but I'll give you a go cats. Uh, Tucson seems like a fun place to catch some games. And, uh, you know, Pac-12 has got to get some wins today. Uh, we got Gary Leeds Palmer coming in too, saying, so glad to see you guys before the Broncos win their second. Absolutely, Gary. Thank you so much. Uh, always coming in super uh, supportive, and we appreciate you so much. Um, talking about that second win, main topic today that we want to get into is Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, obviously he has been the Broncos starting quarterback now for it, three weeks now or something. One, one week of football, but three weeks total. And uh, it's hard to take too much from that week one performance, but he was damn good. No doubt about it. And uh, looks like an even easier matchup this week against the Jags. So Teddy can Teddy Bridgewater sustain what he did last week, beating the New York giants this week in hot, wet, 85 degree Jacksonville, Florida. Well, last week in my, uh, you know, takeaways from the game, it was it was fairly apparent that Vic Fangio trusted Teddy Bridgewater enough to go for it on fourth down. What, three times? I mean, the proof is literally in the Teddy pudding, folks. It's OK if you, you know, don't like pudding all the time. You like winning? Do you like sweets? Do you have a sweet tooth? Because that's what this team has right now in Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he's got so much chemistry going on with his teammates right now, Nick. I absolutely love hearing Vaughn Miller gush all over the guy. Now, Vaughn is the ultimate hype guy, right? Never wanted to say anything bad about anybody even an opponent you know i think the worst thing he said was i'm gonna kick that other team's you know what and with arizona and that's probably the worst thing he's ever said about opponents he sent them wine before he's a good guy right yeah. um you don't expect him to say anything poor about teddy but i also think vaughn's a smart guy so i don't think vaughn has ever forgotten that he's mic'd up Vaughn is one of the most intelligent people out there. And I think, you know, he did let that slip for a little bit of a reason. He got some folks talking about Teddy. No slight to Drew, no slight to any of the other previous quarterbacks. It just is what it is. You saw the best performance since Peyton. I mean, that's what it was with Teddy. Now, is it sustainable? That's hard to say. I think his winning football can be sustainable, especially one opponent at at a time in Jacksonville, not scared of Jacksonville. I'm really not. They got a couple players I'm got my eyes on, but you know, it's just it's urban Myers got that team spiraling down Teddy Bridgewater and Vic Fangio should be able to take full advantage of what they've got on their team, talented rosters, and finally a leader in Teddy B. 
Yeah, maybe De- Urban Meyer's got that team spinning around a toilet bowl right now, man. It seems pretty it's pretty bad pretty early there. I'm still getting a laugh about the Jacksonville PR versus the Denver media. I'm hoping that uh, it's too bad we don't get to play them again. <laughs> that was crazy. Well, and then uh, I think there was, you know, some looking up by one of the one of my buddies at one of the stations. And I guess it's true what Jacksonville PR said. I mean, a lot of other teams don't do this. Now, Bill Belichick, who is, loves a press conference as much as the next coach, does them. And it, it was just kind of weird, especially surrounding the USC rumors and a yeah. bunch of other stuff. It's just bizarre right now yeah. down there in Jacksonville. The Broncos did leave one day early, and I think they were trying to get acclimated to that weather. Uh, I think it's 85 right there now. Uh, but that, that humidity, Nick, they're talking about 100 degrees by kickoff tomorrow. So I think guys are getting hydrated. I think they're getting stretched out. I think they're getting acclimated to that hot, heavy weather. And it's it's going to be gnarly down there in Jacksonville tomorrow morning. Yeah, it will be. Um, it's really going to be a game where the trenches are going to matter, right? In those hot, ugly, wet games, um, it's kind of a battle of attrition, and your depth is going to show, and uh, you want your big boys up front if the ground is a little bit wet to be winning. Uh, so we'll see. I like that Teddy is a an accurate quarterback underneath because there's going to be a, hopefully a little bit of space there with the defenders, you know, having just being a split second slower. Uh, because of the wet turf, assuming it is going to be a little bit swampy down there. Um, so that'll be key. But back to the main topic, of course, uh, about talking about te- can Teddy Bridgewater repeat his week one performance? Uh, this one's going to require a little bit of nuance, but I think the answer is no, he cannot. And that's not to any fault of his own. I think it's going to be because of game flow. I'm expecting the Broncos to come out in this game and beat up the Jags on. Oh, my gosh. Um, I have to pause everything that I'm saying right now. Um, I've never seen a super chat. No, uh, I think we've got a red and we got a, uh, can we get the air horn? Nick, can you get the air horn up for me real quick? It's worth, it's worth the save. Uh, I want to take my cap off too. Is a good friend of ours. Chris Hernandez coming in here with one of the hottest super chat donations I've seen of all time coming in and he's coming in hot. Chris, I hope you're well. Chris saying, look, Nick, I'm going to miss the game tomorrow. I'm flying to DC for work, sending some good vibes. Go Broncos. Click those little thumbs up. Keeping the lights on Chris Hernandez. Very generous uh, $500 donation, man. Appreciate you so much. (laughs) There it is, Chris. There it is. There it is. Thank you so much, sir. I am. I, where was I even going? I am so uh, you think Teddy B is going to turn that around now? I mean, we got good vibes. Chris sending us those good Man. vibes. How could you not go away from that good juju? Uh, well, now I just want to be like Teddy Bridgewater is going to throw for a thousand yards and like, here's, he's going to go 31 for 20. Like it's not. I think <laughs> so. I think what where you were going and, you know, I'll get you started was, you know, is it sustainable? Here's the thing. Everyone's caught up on that, that touchdown, right? To Albert Okawebunam. And, you know, we know Chris saw it. Chris loved it. We all loved it. Uh, it was one of the most athletic plays Teddy's ever made post that nasty leg injury. But that's not the play that, you know, impressed me the most. It was the variety of the game and the yeah. consistency and the lack of turning the ball over. And mm-hmm. I mean, just some of those things were just it's like, wow, here we go. This is not a boring game. This is fun to watch. I'm actually enjoying what I'm seeing. So are you going to see Teddy Bridgewater shake loose defenders every time in the backfield? No, you're going to see him get sacked. You might even see some fumbles. He does that as well. But I think you're going to see a lot of safe throws. I'm expecting KJ Hamler to want to recover from that nasty drop last week. And Teddy's going to go back and feed him just like he did Albert O. Albert O coughed it up. He went right back to him. KJ Hamler, let, let it go. 
Uh, last I checked, Teddy B actually had KJ Hamler's locker moved right next to him. So he's clearly, you know, nurturing these young wide receivers. And I absolutely love it, Nick. Yeah. And I'm, I've, I would just go right in the high because of Chris's super generation. There, Me too. I've there. got goosebumps, dude. I've got yeah. goosebumps right now. Yeah, that was incredible. And uh, obviously, thank you so much, Chris. The chat is also uh, really behind you and supportive of that as well. Um, man, but what what I was getting into was Teddy and, Bridgewater. And real quick, that's going to get Chris in for uh, what top five of the month, right? For Super Chat for... Uh... He's number two now. Yep, moving all the way from 10 to 2. Uh, wow. Way to go, Chris. Yeah, he wants that uh, jersey, and he also wants to keep the lights on here for Mile High Insider. So. Thanks, Chris. God bless you, Chris. Um, what I was getting into originally with Teddy Bridgewater is that because of this is game flow, I think he's not going to need to repeat last week's performance. Last week, you saw some games where let's or some plays where let's just call it as it is. The offensive line struggled. Um, they were a little bit leaky. Uh, very good interior defensive line duo. We've been saying that for two weeks now for the Giants. Um, but uh, the offensive line was a little bit hit or miss. Teddy did a good job extending plays, buying time in the pocket and finding the right guy. I don't know if that's going to need to be so necessary in this game because I'm hoping this game comes out. The Broncos get an early lead and uh, they are just super efficient running the football and maybe get a few explosive runs there where does Teddy Bridgewater have the same statistical output as week one? No, but it's because he doesn't have to because of game flow because the Broncos are in control from the beginning, winning in the trenches, running the ball effectively, winning the field position battle and uh, just, you know, put it into cruise control. It's the NFL. Anything can right. happen, but it should be that it should it should. Be. You're right. And here's something I want to get to by, from Jeremy Sean, because I think it's a really, really good question. What did you guys see from the Jags offense last week? Any uh, ingenuity from uh, in, ingenuity, ingenuity from uh, Urban Meyer? I got it. I, I, you know, this is what I do for, you know, kind of a living. You think I can get that right? Here's the, here's the thing, man. Here's what I saw from the Jags offense. You're going to see bubble screens, right? You're going to see a ton of penalties. You're going to see a ton of drops. You're going to see reverses and jet sweeps with your good friend, LaVisca Chenault. See you buffs. Go buffs. How about that one today? Way to screw up. Uh, you know, it's just one of those days. Speaking of Visca, right? I think his little brother was suspended or something like that, too. So his little brother wasn't able to play. But you're going to see Visca being utilized that way, man. He likes yeah. to play in the slot a lot. Uh, you're going to see Trevor Lawrence get some yards. That's okay. Vic Fangio has a bend, but don't break defense when he's sitting back in zone coverage. But you know what, folks? He's got Von Miller going right now. He's got Draymond Jones in there. You got Shelby Harris. You got Vaughn and Shelby and Draymond all fighting over who's going to yeah. get sacks. I absolutely love it. With or without Bradley Chubb, you're going to see Jonathan Cooper and Malik Reed up in the mix. Do not be surprised, folks, if Malik Reed gets some sacks as well in this game. Uh, that offensive line for the Jags is absolutely atrocious. Nick, what are you seeing from the Jags? That's a really good question from Jeremy. I am curious, because of the Broncos' style of defense, if the Jags can be so flippant with the run game. Um, Cause with Ohio state, when uh, urban Myers with Ohio state, they could almost use, they'd obviously use the quarterback power a lot, but the pass game, because of the weapons they had on the outside and the uh, talent gap that they typically have between the Ohio state receiver and uh, the defensive back, you know, you get space and you get the ball, to the receiver with a quick, easy pass. And the, the receiver could make a guy miss and take it, you know, 20 yards or they're getting five yards in the NFL, especially on the outside, you know, the talent, there's not that big of a talent gap. So the gaining the five to six yards per pass attempt isn't happening as much, at least at the rate that you see in college, because the talent is closer. So last week we saw James Robinson pretty much just abandoned 
early on. And I think Trevor Lawrence threw it 51 times and uh, maybe in Ohio state, you know, you can get away with that running the ball through the air. And sometimes some of the all-time grades, you know, Tom Brady, if you have the right personnel, et cetera, can do some of that too. But I just don't know if they can execute that again. If you're talking about the ingenuity from Meyer uh, and keep Trevor Lawrence healthy. I mean, if he's dropping back 51 times this week, he's going to, you know, come out extremely sore, going to need to hit the, hit the ice tub and uh, Draymond Jones. Yeah. Rib shots on him. It's like Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator for Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. not urban Meyer. I mean, he's got, we got Dak Prescott throwing the same amount. I mean, it's just ridiculous, dude. Like you got to nurture this young guy too. talk about nurturing young guys. How about you nurture the quarterback you decided that w- would be your in to the NFL urban. Uh, yeah. Clearly you've had tons of options, but you know what? You've put your NFL future in the hands of Trevor Lawrence. Don't get him hurt. And, you know, you look at Robinson, absolutely love what he can do as a running back. Saw him a couple years ago down at the Shrine Bowl. Uh, love it. Carlos Hyde, I don't get it, Nick. I really don't. I never understood the move to get this guy. I get it. You got to have more than one back. But he's the featured back in Jacksonville. I think that's weird. But speaking of our offense, you've got Saubert. I really like what I'm seeing out of Saubert, Broncos number three tight end. He's returning to Jacksonville also. Cliss actually wrote a really good piece on Saubert. Don't know if you got to see it, but um, Saubert didn't get to play football, Nick, until he was in high school. He was a baseball guy. His mom wouldn't mm-hmm. let him play, right? Kind of like some water boy, Bobby Boucher. You know, you playing the foosball behind my back kind of a thing. And it's just like, all right, going back to your old team, Broncos clearly like to use you. You're going to see Noah. You're going to see Alberto. I think you're also going to see some Saubert. What do you think of uh, the Broncos number three tight end? It was interesting last week versus the Giants. You saw Pat Shermer. Not only, you know, there's this narrative out there that he hates tight ends and doesn't use them. I think the Broncos had the fourth highest rate of 12 personnel last week in the NFL, pretty far behind uh, the Falcons, but they were they were way up there for 12 personnel. And for you, uh, boys and girls at home, that's one running back and two tight ends. Um, so 12, one, two. Uh, but they used a lot of 13 personnel uh, after Jerry Judy went down. And they actually think uh, it was Melvin Gordon's 70 yard touchdown run came on 13 personnel as well. Now, typically you see teams when it's 13 personnel, they stack the box. And because of that, you become far less efficient running it per play. But if you have good blockers out there and you can go there sometimes and create some confusion, because not many teams are used to having to go against 13 personnel in today's NFL, that can be something that you can take advantage of. So I've been impressed with Saubert all season. Uh, I know that I'm really excited for Okoyebanam as well. You've been on the Okoyebanam train since uh, he was drafted. Yeah. Um, and there were plays last week also that they left on the field for Noah Fant. I think Teddy Bridgewater's yes. worst play was yes. one that was the Noah Fant. So, and I've converted, I, Nick. I've eaten all the Noah Fant crow last year, you know, and I, I love Noah, man. And when I'm watching Monday Night Football and I'm watching Darren Waller, I'm thinking of Noah Fant, like, and and yeah. tip of the cap to Darren Waller and everything that he's overcome in his life. But in terms of being a tight end and being one of the best tight ends in this division that's not named Travis Kelsey, I think Noah Fant can do it. And I think that you saw just a taste of Pat Shermer getting those tight ends involved. Broncos country would be super excited about that. Nick, here's a good question from David, and I absolutely love the question because it's an update that we – uh, have to provide to Broncos country. Did the medical staff find out why Graham Glasgow, Broncos starting right guard, had the irregular heartbeat? Now, while I can't figure out or you know disclose, nor do I know any of Graham Glasgow's medical information, I do know that Graham Glasgow didn't really practice this week. All right. He was kind of held off to the side. Um, he did travel with the team. I think team, the team did play silly little games. 
But ultimately today, Nick, you saw offensive guard slash center Austin Schlotman get activated from the practice squad. That tells you right away Graham Glasgow will not be playing. Uh, Pat Shermer called him a warrior on the field. I know there's some debates there on whether or not he should have been playing. Who am I to say? Uh, Graham Glasgow, he's tough. Uh, what do you make of, of the Broncos starting right guard being out and who's going to be his filling? Uh, it's going to be Moody out there at the right guard position. And as far as Glasgow goes, I don't think we've gotten much other than it is a week by week situation with him. And they're going to continue to follow it. He's out this week. Um, it could be something that lingers well into the season, you know, like that's pretty much what we've heard so far. It could be something that, you know, he might play even next week. So just taking it little by little, obviously he's going to, you're going to have to really watch out for him and a prime opportunity for an attain Moody there at right guard. Uh, Moody has, he's really a home run hitter. He's kind of like one of those big guys who strikes out a fair amount, but if he connects, you know, it's out to Waveland Avenue for you Cub fans out there. Um, but uh, that's, that's the big one for Moody. He's got to be more consistent in pass protection, but I, I think this is a great game for him to get his feet wet. And I'm not really concerned of, any of the interior defensive linemen for uh, the Jags. Now I will say if Glasgow's out again, another week, the jets maybe have the most underrated uh, interior defensive line duo in football, Quinn and Williams, number three overall. And I think Jonathan Franklin Meyer is the name that sticks out to me for the other defensive linemen, both very good. So uh, if we have to go multiple weeks with Moody, it might get a little dicey there for that week three matchup, but you hope they'll be, uh, you'll be able to scheme around him a little bit. I got a question. Is it really Natani Moody's mother that's up there on the leaderboard? Right? Are, are we like, cause I saw it in the Facebook group, you know, being one of those moderators or the uh, joy, right. And all that kind of stuff. Uh, but wow. That tip of the cap to the, to the Moody family. That is super cool that uh, you're going to see him get a start against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're right, Nick. He, he's not a left tackle and pass protection by any means, but he doesn't have to be. The Broncos need to ground and pound. And behind Lloyd Cushenberry, Dalton Reisner, and now Natani Moody, I feel very confident about that running game. Um, he's not going to be a weak link. Uh, this guy is too strong and he's too smart. I'm excited to see what he's done in the offseason because now we're going to finally know. It's very hard to figure out what a team's running game is going to look like in training camp. As you know, Nick, uh, guys aren't tackling some of these holes. They look like they're wide open, but would normally have been filled by a backer or a defensive lineman, and they just don't happen. We need to see that happen this week. You saw it happen last week, and I wrote about it at milehighhuddle.com. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams were averaging approximately three yards a carry before halftime. Well, after that, those are good stats, decent stats, not anything to rag home about, but a consistent running game. Absolutely loved the mix. It's complimentary football. Vic Fangio will tell you all about it four times in every press conference, and the Broncos have got to run the ball against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That should set up your deep plays to KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton. Do not forget Tim Patrick, folks, because 81 will be active in this game looking sharp. Yeah, no, you want to see the Broncos run the ball more efficiently than we saw last week. Uh, Dalton Reisner struggled pretty good uh, against the likes of uh, Leonard Williams. Oh. Uh, Glasgow did a lot, a good job recovering after initially losing to Dexter Lawrence. Um, and you saw double teams with uh, Glasgow and Cushenberry a fair Cush. amount. But the Broncos struggled um, with the interior offensive line. You hope they are better this week. I will say, it. I think the Giants had the fourth highest rate of stacked boxes last week, which would be eight guys in the box. Um, and because of that, you're going to see more cover one or cover zero in those situations. And that means one-on-ones on the outside. 
So if the box is stacked and Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater can see that before the snap and then efficiently distribute the ball to his playmakers on the outside that are winning, you don't have to run the ball as efficiently if the opposing defense is saying, you know what, we're going to take it away. We don't think your quarterback can beat us in the short pass game over and over again. Teddy did last week. Maybe the Jags will do that again this week. And uh, if Teddy can be a guy that can make you pay for those situations, offense is complimentary. And uh, that should bode really well for this Broncos team going forward. Well, and here's something that I want to address with Joshua Hickey. Appreciate you joining the show. This is the Mile yeah. High Insiders. He's Nick Kendall. You can find him on Twitter at Nick Kendall MHH. Yours truly is at Luke Patterson LP. And appreciate you joining the show and sounding off, Josh, because the best thing about football, Nick, we can disagree and it's okay. Three yards a carry is booty. <laughs> and I just wanted to say that, right? Because I'm a child. I wanted to say booty. Man. Here's the thing. I hear you, man. I'm not saying it's a five-yard and average carry. It's not Jim Brown or anything like that. I hear you. But what does it do? It sets up third and short. It sets up fourth and short. Pat Shermer was gushing about going over it for fourth down. Uh, I talked to the Broncos, you know, team media and everything like that. And we all sucked it up. But we absolutely loved it. Vic Fangio, he's not hesitating to go for it. I think that's why we're seeing Teddy Bridgewater here. He truly is trusting this veteran quarterback. And we can talk about the silly little games, the 50-50 battle. None of that matters. It's one week at a time. So I hear you, Josh Hickey, but wait and look tomorrow. Those three yards of pop, four yards of pop, they're going to set up third and short. Those are manageable conversions for this team. They do not have to be rock stars throwing go routes every time to Cortland Sutton. He's not healthy enough for that to happen, but he is healthy enough to score some points. It's never been who he is anyway, but you'd use that for a KJ Hamler. You use that with the play action, and that's what can ultimately set it up. Yeah, and you know it really wins a defense quickly when it's 85, super humidity, uh, it's when you're just getting beat up in the trenches and the opposing mm. team is beating you senselessly, you know, three, four yards, and you just have to go up and get your butt handed to you snap after snap. So uh, obviously I think Javante Williams was one of the most, uh, the least efficient running backs last week. A lot of that is on the offensive line should be better this week. Uh, but I do feel confident in Teddy. Uh, if they Jags say, you know what, we're going to put eight guys in the box, seven guys in the box, crowd the line of scrimmage. You got the guys on the outside or the tight ends now as well with Jerry Judy out where you can make them pay. So it will be uh, really good to see. I'm just hoping for no injuries and a clean game. Uh, can Teddy go another game with no uh, turnovers? Low bar, but really that's like, that's what I'm asking for. Well, and who's going to get it? I mean, it's going to, is it going to be a bonehead throw to CJ Henderson? Or is it going to be a bonehead throw to Shaquem Griffin? I mean, let's be honest. Griffin is not what he was in Seattle. Uh, yeah. CJ Henderson. Okay. You know, I'll go there, I guess, but not, you know, someone that, anyone should be backing up the Brinks truck for, in my opinion, a very respectable corner, but not one that can't get beat. They can all get beat. Speaking of corners, speaking of corners, rather, Pastor Tan, go ahead and get yourself a pick in the regular season, Rook. It could be against Trevor Lawrence. Some get back from, you know, that, uh, that win that his team got over Bama. I think they were freshmen at the time. And uh, it was just one of those things, man, that I, I held on to. It kind of turned everything over, right, with Dabo Sweeney and everything like that. So, uh, Nick, what do you think of Pastor Tan making his first start? Obviously, Ronald Darby is out. Speaking of injuries and kind of updating everybody, Pastor Tan getting his first start. You saw him get – I think people have been saying he's been – he got beat last week. I would argue that Alexander Johnson should have been a little bit more deep. I do support that theory. Now – Pat Sertan could have definitely made that tackle. So each player had a fault, which resulted yeah. in uh, a bad play. But what do you expect from Pat Sertan here against Trevor Lawrence and the Jags offense making his first start? 
I definitely think there's a chance you could see Pat Sertan come away with a turnover in this game. And I know everybody's uh, pining for the interception, but you know what I'm looking for here is a peanut Tillman punch coming out Ooh. here. You know, the Jags, if they're going to play that horizontal uh, screen game with Trevor Lawrence, get the ball out quick. And the Jags do have good wide receivers on paper. I'd love to see Patrick Sertan punch one out and then have it go the other way. You know, it's that kind of fundamental stuff coming downhill, uh, squaring up, you know, being the, the speed patroller in center field that you really want from this back seven with Vic Fangio scheme. Uh, so it will be a good game. I am curious to see if they try to do another deep over um, and hurt him that way. Uh, didn't keep up obviously with, uh, I think it was Sterling Shepard on that right. play, but you know, Alexander Johnson has blame to go around. Uh, Patrick Sertan, obviously missing the tackle. The pass rush didn't get there. And also a tip of the cap. That was just a great play. Um, sometimes yeah. it's going to happen. So uh, speaking of great plays, Seth Harmon coming in with $20. Hey, buddy over on YouTube. Uh, do you guys think they'll go after Sertan? I think they will go after Sertan, um, especially because talking about Urban Meyer's scheme at whenever he's coached in college, like the tight end's been non-existent uh, schematically. So they're going to have to probably go after some cornerback with one of their wide receivers. I'd imagine that it would be Sertan. Maybe they also try a little bit of Kyle Fuller, though, after showing maybe a little bit a lack of recovery slash closing speed last week against the Giants. Yeah, it was right early in the first quarter. I think it was the first offensive series, if I'm not mistaken. That was a tough play, but they they recovered. And thank you very much, Seth. Appreciate yeah, your support. You. Uh, really helps Nick and I and everyone here at MHH a lot. Yeah. Uh, for the Broncos and bring all yeah. opinion over um, technical difficulty. There we go. We're good. Nick, you seem confused. You seem upset, Nick. You look like you've seen the ghost. But no, that's a good that's a good question, Seth. Yeah, expect it because uh, if you've got a rookie quarterback, it only makes sense. Try to test the rookie corner a little bit as opposed yeah. to a vet. Uh, now, Trevor Lawrence last week did throw three interceptions, but he also sc scored three touchdowns. Threw three touchdowns. Look for Trevor Lawrence to be mobile. Look for him to be active. He's going to need to set up on the run because Vaughn's coming for him, and so are his friends. And that's something that should be exciting. Josie Jewell, I absolutely love his recovery last week after getting beat on a few plays yeah. as well. One of those effort players, your boy, you know, Hawkeye. Go Hawks. Uh, Iowa. Yeah, right? Go Iowa, right? So everybody uh, be excited too because I think Alexander Johnson will have a better game. He should feast against Trevor Lawrence. Lord knows he loves the blitz, the A-gap. So I'm excited to see what Vic Fangio will have in store. He's got to frustrate and confuse Trevor Lawrence. It uh, doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but Trevor Lawrence does yeah. not have, you know, the easy of, easiest of times with that offensive line and Urban Meyer, who could be distracted. I mean, he's the distraction. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> I think the... Um, you did mention uh, Alexander Johnson playing better and probably more of a role going forward. And while I think that's probably true as well uh, with, I, I honestly think you might see more of Justin Sernod coming in. Now the Broncos obviously cannot go to that dime package that they talked about a lot off season with Sertan being that box overhang kind of defensive back. Um, so maybe you see Alexander Johnson subbed off the field for somebody who's a little bit more fluid going backwards and laterally. Uh, in mm -hmm. Justin Strenad compared to Alexander Johnson. Now you are giving up size, you are giving up run ability, but if you're already in a dime package, you know, that's, that's what you signed up for. So I am curious if you see a little bit of a uh, split there uh, with those linebackers. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the matchups too, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. curious if Sertan's going to be on Visca. That would be a fun matchup. They've got great receivers out there in Jacksonville. You know, they did have some drops, they had penalties, but this isn't a team to sleep on. And, 
here's an overall feeling that we're kind of getting. And this is kind of one I got against the Giants last week. I'm feeling good this week, but uh, I see it all over social media. You see it all over social media, our friends, our family, as we talk about the Broncos before they play the Jags tomorrow. All I'm hearing is, are we overlooking the Jaguars? No. I don't think we are. You know, I thought you saw a Broncos team that came out and while they were proud and excited to win, I don't think they crown themselves. I think that they feel like they have a lot of work and they've embraced each other. They have a leader at quarterback in Teddy B right now, and I think they're feeling good, but I think they're ready to move ahead. And who are the Broncos, you know, to overlook anybody? Yeah. I think they've got the same collective mentality right now of one game at a time, Let's play for each other and everything will be okay. No longer are you seeing the division, at least right now through one week. I know it's just one week, but you're not seeing the division between offense and defense, something we've seen for five years, and it's just absolutely crushed the morale, crushed the win column, and crushed the Broncos players in general, Nick. So I'm excited to see it. It feels like we've got a unified front on all levels. Yeah, belief is a hell of a drug, right? You're seeing that right now with the defense buying into Teddy, Von Miller, uh, Justin Simmons, and they're giving them a chance. And I think the, the pass catchers are pretty excited as well, a quarterback giving them a chance to do some stuff. And uh, I don't know if you're a big NBA guy, but something I've said on here a few times when it came to Teddy Bridgewater playing is he doesn't have to go out there and be Damian Lillard, doesn't have to be Seth Curry, doesn't have to be you know uh, Kyrie Irving. He just has to be that Celtics version of Rajon Rondo get the ball to the playmakers, distribute, not let the other team get the ball on a fast break on turnovers, and just let the offense run through him and make, let those guys make you look good. And that's been the case for some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Typically, what if they're not the ones I, who are the physical tool ones, but the ones who play with their mind, get the ball mm -hmm. to space, and uh, good things can happen. I like it. I like the Rondo comparison, but what if he's Ray Allen? What if he's Ray Allen in his in his latter days where he can hit those those bombs? He can do those things. He's not going to do it every time. And I know Ray Allen, you know, before Steph Steph Curry beat his record, you know, he he beat Reggie Miller. And I love Reggie Miller, one of my favorite players of all time. Cheryl Miller was better, and Reggie will tell you that. But uh, that's a conversation for another day. I do love basketball, but you're right. Teddy's a, a field general right now in the sense of he's got to manage the game. Yeah. Now, field general, I think, could be misconstrued for Peyton Manning, who was Tyler. the true definition of. But this is what Teddy is as well. He is competent. He's athletic. His team trusts him. And he's willing to lay it all out there on the line, too. And if he's going to do that, then so is Cortland Sutton, who's coming off of an injury as well. We see a lot of chat about Cortland Sutton, Nick. I wrote about him in my Keys to Victory saying he's got to reestablish himself as the alpha dog on this team, but he's not fully healed. He's not fully right. I think he got two targets and caught one reception. It was on a fourth down last week. What do you expect out of Cortland Sutton after a bizarre week of practice? I'm hoping just to see him get a little bit better and better, but I'm not expecting Cortland Sutton prior to injury until halfway through the season. Uh, if we see that, I'm just hoping that he doesn't re-aggravate something. And luckily for the Broncos, obviously losing Judy hurts, not having a fully operational Cortland Sutton hurts, but you have some wide receivers you can lean into right now. You have a team that wants to run the football. You got some tight ends that you can use as well. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the running backs uh, get a bigger slice of the pie now in the past game. Also with Jerry Judy going down, because you're looking for that middle of the field kind of stuff going on. Everybody's talking tight ends could see the running backs there as well. Um, but uh, Cortland Sutton bring about slowly. The one who I think really is going to get a chance to shine going forward with this, with this uh, Jerry Judy time is KJ Hamler. I mean, you saw he was, 
distraught with that drop. Um, there's a lot of buzz around uh, KJ Hamler in Dove Valley as well. Uh, when you, you listen around and in the league, uh, don't want to, you know, compare him to Deshaun Jackson or a tight TY Hilton, but he's getting cooking guys like those guys in their prime right now. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater invited him over to have the locker next to him. We heard in the preseason as well. Teddy would look to go back to guys if they had a down play or something. This is shaping up to be maybe a uh, KJ Hamler coronation game coming out here. It really could be a big one. Ooh, watch out. There's, I like it a lot. Watch out for KJ Hamler, folks. And Nick and I definitely agree that he's going to have a bounce back game. And real quick, I don't think it was so much as Teddy Bridgewater asked KJ if he wanted to come over as more as he told him, hey, man, you're going to come over and we're going to be locker mates. And who is KJ to tell anyone no? You know, Teddy's beloved in the locker room. So is Drew. And it should be said that Drew, I thought, supporting Teddy, he looked great as well. Uh, great look for Drew Locke, a mature, strong, team-first attitude, a leadership aspect, if you will. Uh, and we'll get back to that question real quick, Scott. I want that one back up in just a sec. But before we do, Zebulon Foster coming in with a generous nine ninety nine super. Appreciate you so much. Hey, Nick. Good evening from good old Montana. Go Grizz. What's up? Appreciate you so much, Zebulon. That is absolutely awesome. As you guys know, Broncos country is not a geographical location. It is a state of being. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com. Be a part of the Mile High Huddle family, just like Zebulon. Appreciate you so much. And Nick, it's so cool to see everybody and where they're repping orange and blue and uh, where they're all over, man. Broncos country, we're everywhere. Yep. Absolutely. It's a state of mind, but Montana, man, that's that's Broncos country through and through. Beautiful place, man. I need to get back out to Montana at some point. Got to get into that fly fishing. I'm enjoying the trout fishing. I think it's time to hit a stream and do some trout fishing. I would love to hunt Montana, too. I'm just saying, you know, I'm all about elk, that, you know, elusive wapiti. It's my favorite animal of all time. Uh, Yeah, good old Montana. Absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, David Wilder coming in here over on Facebook. Thank you, David, for joining us today. Uh, he says, if this team plays complimentary football, we will be a team to be reckoned with. Denver Broncos for life, mile high huddle. And I got to ask you, Luke, if there's anything, so Teddy Bridgewater, you know, good game, whatever. Is there anything that you left questioning or wanting to see more from, from this team that could uh, put them like up a notch, you know, add them uh, up a star in Madden rating or whatever, when you're looking at the offense um, that you didn't see last week that you hope to see moving forward? Yeah, first things first, let's secure the snap. This has been a problem, Nick, that has plagued Broncos country since training camp. Uh, You know, we've all been witnessing these poor snaps from Lloyd Cushenberry, from, you know, the new guy with the belly, Quinn Miners in training camp. Uh, It's just a bizarre connection. So I don't know if it's nerves. Let's start there and your Madden rating can go up, your awareness or, you know, what have you. I thought Lloyd Cushenberry did do a decent job. Now, he had his hands full as well. He recovered a lot better on some plays. I would probably overall give him probably a C-plus average. Uh, but Kush has got to clean it up a little bit for me. I loved yeah. his blocking downfield, especially on that Melvin Gordon 70-yard run. You will see 79 out there. It's a weird number, too, for a center, right, Nick? But yeah. interior offensive line play, I think, could pick it up so we can get the running game going. It's something that we talked about. You are going to have a sub in Natani Moody. Uh, Garrett Bowles had strong play, no holding penalties. I thought, you know, the Broncos offensive line did enough to get a win, but by no means should they be satisfied either. Uh, Teddy did have to set up a lot on the run, and can he consistently do it? I'm not sure, uh, but if he could at least get his offensive line rolling by running the ball, that would be great. Javante Williams, you're a north-south runner. Do not go east and west. And please, 
throw our running backs the ball, Mick. That's the second element here. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, they can catch the ball. They can run routes. They can make tacklers miss. I would much rather have our running backs going against the Jacksonville Jaguars defensive backs than the linebackers. I don't need Miles Jack any more involved than he's already going to be, folks. I would yeah. much rather have our elusive tight ends or running backs getting a little more involved in the passing game. Yeah, and uh, speaking of getting involved, Travis coming in here with the stars. Uh, good evening, Travis. Hope you're doing well. Travis says, good evening, Luke and Nick. Sorry, a bit late. That's okay. Better late than never. Never apologize. Uh, Thank no. you for joining us, Travis. We appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, and he goes on, was on dinner duty. What was for dinner tonight, Travis? Let me know. I got to make some dinner after this. I uh, hope everyone is having a great weekend. Oh, and uh, are ready to win tomorrow. Absolutely. No question mark. That's an exclamation point. That's a mistype by Travis. Um, I want to see improvements <laughs> on the offensive line, mainly the right side as usual. Uh, I thought that the, the yeah, entire but... interior needs some work, and uh, that was the point I was getting at, too. If this team wants to run a offense that is maybe not the most explosive vertically, where the point where you're uh, – forcing teams to do two safeties or cover four kind of looks. Um, the offensive line just needs to dictate a little bit better. Hopefully you see that over time. Um, my big concern is it's not like a bunch of new starters though, right? It's not like they have no chemistry together. They still struggled. It was a good Giants defense though. So we'll see how they look this week. They got to look better this week. Peter Middleton also with the stars, Cambodia got to stop the injuries. God, your, your lips to the football God's ears. Uh, we need to improve the on offensive line play. If Teddy can't be protected, then forget the season. Um, I'm I disagree with yes. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. No. Me too, Peter. Me Ill or Nick. Uh, Peter, absolutely love it. Good morning in Cambodia. I think right. It's morning over there. If we're if I'm not mistaken, so. Peter has been with us since the beginning of MHI. Appreciate you so much, Peter. Uh, injuries. First of all, I got bad news. Injuries are going to happen tomorrow. They're already happening before we've gotten on the field, folks. I know it's rough not having Jerry Judy. I know we want Bradley Chubb back. Uh, I know Cortland Sutton is not 100%, but football is back, and these guys are not going to be 100%. So fingers crossed, but do not be surprised when your favorite Bronco goes down because the injury rate in the NFL is 100%. But uh, is the season lost when Teddy Bridgewater goes down? I don't think so. Uh, not to go all Drew Locke on you here, but we have both said, I think everyone at MHH has said, um, you're going to see Drew Locke this year by hook or by crook. And while people are saying Drew who after a stellar Teddy performance, if Teddy, knock on wood, got hurt, I think Drew Locke is ready. I think he is ready to answer the bell. I think he is ready to make the most of his second chance, if you will. And just because Teddy theoretically goes down, the season's not over, folks. Just as it's not over, you know, in week one. It's not we're going playoffs or anything like that. One thing at a time, I think Drew Locke is definitely going to make an appearance at, at some point this season, Nick, by hook or by crook. Yeah, I agree with you. You will see him at some point. But I think the offensive line, the point I want to say is if the offensive line can't protect Teddy, uh, the season sunk. First off, you have as one of the better backups in football right now, whether it would have been Drew starting or Teddy starting, you got two guys, which gives you far less uh, issue if somebody goes down, especially if they just have to come in for a couple games. Um, but the big one is Teddy looked as competent of a Bronco under duress as I can remember since 2014 Peyton before that uh, lower body injury, you know, that's then it really fell off, but um, Teddy was really competent under duress, uh, buying time, understanding the space while still staying in phase squared up in his base so he could deliver the football while still going through his reads. Um, Drew Locke, obviously a young quarterback, but Drew Locke last year when he felt pressure 
alarm bells went off. He'd look to escape the pocket. His mechanics would go haywire and he'd make some bad decisions. Now, Teddy's not immune to that mistakes. We saw that at Carolina, um, but you just felt it was never too much for him, right? It was never panic. It was always pretty steady um, and in control. So if the pass rush is getting home a little bit for the Jags, I'm not going to freak out to the extent I would is if uh, we had a different quarterback back there. I will say, though, and while the passing game is the most important aspect of the offense, um, it's the run blocking for the offensive line that has to be better. Right now, they're getting punched. This is a team that needs to run the ball efficiently uh, to take the ball away from just the Justin Herberts, the Derek Carrs, or the uh, Patrick Mahomeses. Um, you don't want to play their game, right? Like, if we're playing those teams and we're playing their game, it's over. If it's a 50, 50 pass attempts, you know, Teddy can be fine there, but you're probably going to lose if that's the formula where those teams want to get in those shootouts. That's just not the formula for the Broncos this year. So want to be more efficient with the run blocking. Hopefully you see that uh, going forward. Set your defense up. That's why your defense loves you right now. That's why they're playing for you. That's why they feel like things are different. For once, yeah. Nick, the Broncos won the time of possession. I mean, like, it was nice to see the defense getting a breather. That's why you're able to see, you know, a much more mature and older Von Miller do what he did and get two sacks. And how about Chandler Jones and Taylor Juan? Man, that was absolutely nasty with five <laughs> sacks, dude. Uh, Von Miller, the pass rushers, they should be getting after this team as well. Vic Fangio, there is no excuse if you get shredded by a rookie and a head coach who uh, just they're having problems down there in Jacksonville, I think you're going to see more fourth down going conversions. I think you're going to see more chances from Vic Fangio. I absolutely love it. I don't think it's one and done just because he won one game in September, Nick. Vic has got to keep this team going. It's something that you saw. I don't know if you see him. I, actually, I know you see him because you see everything Broncos related. The post-game victory speeches that are released like a day later when you first wake yeah. up, you're like, ah, that's cool. You want to hear what coach says, what the players say, who got the game balls. George Payton, what George Payton has said, what Vic Fangio has said, what the players have said, winning is contagious. I absolutely love that. They said that in the preseason. Now they get to say at the end of regular season week one, how great would it be if they could say it regular season week two, two and oh, and you're coming home for the MHH tailgate party against the New York Jets. They've got to take care of business down in Jacksonville. 100 degrees humidity, Nick, man. It's going to be nasty. Yeah, it's going to be a war of attrition, and you hope your guys have put in the work uh, prior. And, I mean, right now, right, getting hydrated, getting those uh, pregame IVs, uh, everything going on there. But it will be an interesting one to see what happens there. You just hope that they come out no injuries and uh, can play play Bronco football, right? You know, it's, it's kind of cliche, but there is a plan. And uh, if they get you off the path, Broncos can win in multiple ways on offense, but you want to be able to dictate and you want to be able to get after the quarterback. So I think it's going to be a good one. Um, we've got about 10 minutes left here, and I don't know if there are any stars that we're missing right now, um, but I'm sure the producer behind hand uh, behind the scenes here will get it up if we do. But OK, so we got oh, we got Peter coming in saying if Chubb keeps getting injuries and Vaughn keeps bossing his play, would you sign Vaughn up early and move on from Chubb? Um if Vaughn is absolutely killing it and you can get him for like a three-year contract or a two or three-year contract, um, then I'm not looking to move on from players who are playing like Vaughn did last week. I mean, even if long-term you'd rather move on to Chubb, that doesn't really seem uh, – the players would understand that you're you know, you're know taking a step back if you're making that kind of move. And I don't really believe in that direction uh, if you're doing that with Vaughn playing as good as he did last week. So uh, I would try to make it work out for both of them. Um, if you could do that, uh, obviously the plan has been, it seems to move on from Von Miller, but he might be in a situation where it's like, okay, we can't let this go. 
he is too good right now. He's still Vaughn. Uh, we're not going to pay him for five years where like if he falls off a cliff, then we're, you know, really in trouble, but a three year with a lot of guaranteed up front, it's definitely possible. And then you just kind of have to figure it out with Chubb. And if it's too much, then you, uh, you pivot and move on. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's the way it is. And that's the business in the NFL. And I don't think Von Miller's going to be taking any pay cuts. I just don't. Uh, he, he said he wants to play, you know, he wants to be an aging pass rusher, if you will. And, Right now, at least the week one signs say he can do it. Now, he's got to finish this season healthy, something we're talking about here in the last few minutes. Stay healthy. Stay healthy, Vaughn. Uh, whatever you're doing, it's working down there with the Broncos. So I think Vaughn's feeling very good. But the future of the pass rushers with Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller, they can't get on the field together right now. It's very frustrating. Um, you know, I think John Elway, he's probably the most frustrated out of everybody over it. You know, you try to get your best pass rushers on the field and you've only really seen it a handful of times. It's super yeah. frustrating. Uh, but I would rather them be safe with Bradley Chubb. If I'm going to be honest, it took him a little while. That Jets game was that week number two or three last week. Or last year, last year rather, uh, that it game. Week. It was early in the season, if I'm not mistaken. Four. Okay, maybe week four. So I would rather a Bradley Chubb come back in week three against the Jets, yeah. against another rookie quarterback, and then maybe you could see Bradley Chubb and Von Miller wreak havoc in the backfield. Yeah, no Mackay Becton next week either, who is playing that tackle class from a couple years ago is pretty darn special at the top, man. Um, I think in the Broncos uh, roundtable, we ended up getting Mackay Becton at pick 15. Um, which would have been a very much like Jerry Judy, but that would have been a good pick. Um, so I do want to get into this just a little bit more with the Jags. Um, everybody's expecting the Broncos to win. Anything can happen in the NFL, right? Uh, but the biggest thing I'm curious about from you is how does this go wrong? Well, how is it to have 24 hours from now? We're saying, oh my gosh, the Broncos did X, Y, and Z. Everything fell apart and uh, we ended up losing a game that we shouldn't have. What is the, what does that scenario look like? And Travis, uh, agree with everything Nick and Lucas said, Travis, I agree with everything you've ever done in your life. <laughs> Thank you Travis. so much for the stars. Now, Travis is a diehard man. I love yeah, Travis. Thank you so much for all your support. He's been with us since day one as well, man. Appreciate you. Uh, man, what would it take to go wrong? What does it look like? If it like, we're sitting here 24 hours from now, like, man, okay. That flipped away. What let's happened? start. Let's start with the weather. What if it's a torrential downpour and all the Broncos have been used to is the dry heat of the, the Rocky Mountain sun at Dove Valley? Um, how do they handle the ball? Now, Teddy, two loves. You got your gloves. How are your gloves work in the wet weather? Uh, are you coughing up the ball via fumble? I know that's something I'm going to worry about with Melvin Gordon, who has a really tough history with fumbles, especially yeah. not playing in the wet all the time. Uh, Javante Williams, you're still a rookie. I absolutely have fallen in love with Javante Williams, and his time will come. Uh, that breakthrough game will happen this year. I anticipate it, he could be a player of the week at least yeah. one time this year, folks. I don't know when it's going to come, but I really feel that strongly about Javante. He's still going to struggle, Nick. He's a rookie as well. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to be carrying that old blue ball around, you know, uh, at practice if he fumbles or Melvin Gordon too. So let's start with the weather. Yeah. That's going to turn fumbles over. That's going to produce interceptions, things like that. Uh, what else could go wrong? Pat Shermer could decide to completely abandon the running game and go past happy with Teddy. We talk so much. What does a Trevor Lawrence look like with 50 plus passes? Teddy, I don't need you throwing 50 times. Okay. I love you. Love you to death right now. Don't need Teddy Bridgewater throwing 50 times, Nick. No way. That's not complimentary football. That will not help the Broncos defense. Their biggest strength on this team. 
Yeah, for me, I think the thing that concerns me the most in this game is that if Trevor Lawrence goes unconscious. I know that he is a second-year quarterback, or a second-game quarterback, but he was the number one overall pick. Um, He's had games where they put it on his back, and we saw throws in that Texans game while, right, they should have not lost the Texans. Texans are kind of a terrible one, a terrible team. Should Probably the favorites for the number one overall pick coming into the season, but Trevor Lawrence has the ability to make throws that, you know, five quarterbacks in the NFL can do. And if he gets hot, he starts dealing and uh, the Broncos maybe start panicking a little bit. Uh, that's that's something that I think could happen in this game. Now, it's not likely. I think it's more likely the Broncos are able to rush for consistently get pressure, make Trevor Lawrence really have to pick apart uh, a good sound defense in the back seven and uh, not give up those big plays. But Trevor Lawrence has the ability to just go unconscious. And that's he, something that could happen in this game. I mean, he is, you know, people are calling him generational. He could do that. I he could. I don't think he will. Here's a conspiracy no. tin foil hat. Cause you're right, Nick. I mean, what if he goes off and the Broncos suffer more injuries in the defensive backfield or mm-hmm. the receiver position or quarterback, something these theories have been brought up because, uh, you know, I might make fun of them and call them tin foil. They could happen. They could totally happen tomorrow. They could happen uh, at any point in this season due to other things, right? That funny test that could pop up uh, positive or anything like that. So yeah, but check this out. What if, I mean, just what if, Trevor Lawrence gets knocked out and Gardner Minshew comes in and wins against the Broncos. We've seen it once. I was at that game. absolutely hated it. I've seen some Jags fans trolling me this week, Nick, but the mullet, what if we get the mullet in there? I think it's gone technically now though. Right. But what if you see Gardner Minshew come in there and then do his thing, right. And keep, you know, continuing to compete for a NFL job. Uh, I think that would be impossible because Gardner Minshew is traded to the Philadelphia That's right. Eagles. He's with the Eagles. So nobody troll me, Jaguars fans. I'm so tired of seeing the guard. You see it, right, too? The Gardner Minshew yeah. stuff? Like, come on, guys. Like, that was Cult two years ago. Get it all. Get, yeah. Come on. Two years ago, guys. Give me a break. I mean, they don't have much to, to talk about there. Hang I mean, their hat on. It hasn't, hasn't been good. They got a good quarterback right now. Um, but it seems a little bit of disarray and they still got to build some building blocks or uh, get some building blocks to get some forward progress. But yeah, guys, uh, final prediction before we get on out of here, Luke, I know we had the round table. So what do yeah. you think? Uh, how's I this game going to turn out? Are the Broncos going to come out victorious and be undefeated heading into their home opener? Yeah, I saw your score wasn't too far from mine. I got the Broncos 38, the Jags at 23. Uh, you're going to see Trevor Lawrence score some points. He's yeah. he's that good, whether it be a scramble or something like that. I don't think he's going to be completely flushed. Uh, he lost for the first time in his football career since Pee Wee. I'm curious to see how he comes back. He's a competitor. Absolutely love to see it. But the Broncos still have a ton of talent, especially uh, – talent that can be utilized now that they are a receiver short, unfortunately. And Jerry Judy, get well. I'm happy that your prognosis is a lot better than we initially estimated estimated it to be. Uh, But you got to spread the ball out on third and short. You've got to run those play actions. You've got to ground and pound this team. This One of these guys, one of these running backs, they're going to break one, Nick. It might be the third. It might be the fourth. They will do it. I promise you. You just got to stay with it, Pat Shermer. So I do have the Broncos scoring a lot more points. I know it was the Giants, but the Jags, they gave up a ton to Houston, especially in the passing game. The running game didn't look that great either. Uh, So, yeah, I've got the Broncos scoring a lot of points, 38 to 23. That's a good score. I'm going to go with the Broncos 31 to 20. (laughs) 
Um, in theirs, I think that the Broncos, that almost every team is scoring 30 points against Jacksonville. Their defense is not very well cohesive. They don't have many winners up front. There's already some uh, malcontent uh, with CJ Henderson going on there. Uh, they don't have great you know dogs anywhere on that team. So I'm looking for... Also, I'm looking for somebody to get a big haymaker play in the pass game, whether that be Noah Fant breaking through or KJ Hamler uh, rectifying last week's drop. I'm expecting somebody to create a big game-changing play uh, in the pass game as a receiver. Uh, I do think that this game is going to be a little bit sloppy on the Broncos' side, which is something that is going to happen, I think, because you know another back-to-back road games, Broncos struggle historically going to Jacksonville or Florida in general this early in the season, hot, humid, wet. I think you're going to see them some mental mistakes because of fatigue going on. Uh, so hopefully that will not be a big, a big enough issue where it takes the Broncos and makes this game closer than it should be. But 31 to 20, I think it's going to be pretty safe overall. And the Broncos come out victorious and excited for uh, hopefully going to New York or New York coming to Denver with the Broncos undefeated. So we'll see. Just keep it simple. Protect the football, uh, win the field position battle. You know, something s- simple as that when it's an ugly weather game or hot, you know, those hidden yards can make a big difference. So hopefully that'll be one. And Tom McMahon, you know, you're still on thin ice, but a better game last week. Let's make it two in a row. <laughs> I was just going to say, be average. Special yeah. teams, please, for the love of God, be average. Because, uh, you know, we had a couple scares last week, but uh, just please just stay. I feel like Josh McDaniels in that sound by do your job and quit yeah. up. Uh, you know, it's one of those things, but. Guys, we're running out of time, and Nick, it's been so awesome to get you back, man. We are officially in the grind of Broncos season, regular season. Week number two comes up tomorrow, guys. It will be a 11 a.m. game, roughly, Mountain Time, uh, in Jacksonville. I know last week was weird, right, that East Coast game with the late afternoon start, but we will be putting out an article on milehighhuddle.com on how to watch the game. Chad Jensen is usually on there, and you will see, speaking of Chad Jensen, the Huddle Up Boys tomorrow. So please get him on highhuddle.com. And uh, Nick, it's been a blast, man. Today was a, Tonight was a really fun show. I always look forward to it. It's a therapeutic thing for me. It's part of my ritual now that football is back to get MHI rolling on a Saturday night. I can't wait for football tomorrow, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited for to watch watch the rest of this uh, Penn State Auburn game. Um, Is it a good? What's the score? Give me a live update. Uh, Scott's going to have to let us know, um, but I know that it's running right now, and I got to go check out these prospects. And I'm hoping for an undefeated Penn State versus Iowa on October 10th, I believe. Um, 14 to 10 Penn State right now. So good game. We'll get into that. Uh, Time to go watch that. Uh, But guys, that's Mile High Insiders. Uh, You can follow Luke and myself on Twitter, Luke at Luke Patterson LP, and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Follow us at MHI underscore football pod and at Mile High Huddle. Go to huddleuppod.com to get your swag on. Go to facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod to join the conversation over on Facebook. If you guys are liking the show, make sure you subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Uh, Want to give a shout out to everybody who has been joining us um, through these shows. Obviously, get your super chats and superstars in for a chance to win that just uh, Justin Simmons jersey. And Luke, uh, go Broncos, man. We're going to hopefully have a good game tomorrow. No injuries, and it'll be a lot of fun. So, and also a special shout out to Chris Hernandez uh, for the $500 yeah, super. We don't typically uh, give a special just individual one at the end, but uh, it's still up there on top because it was such a massive super that uh, it's not going away and it's 
man, I can't believe that. Thank you so much. No, yeah, yeah. Same thing, man. That's that optimism that we're feeling right now. So don't worry when you wake up tomorrow, when you're drinking your coffee and you're like, oh, is this a trap game? No, it's week two. It's too early for trap games. The Broncos aren't good enough to get caught in a trap game. They have got to earn it tomorrow against the Jags, and they will. They're a bunch of workers. He's Nick Kendall. I'm Luke Patterson. We appreciate our guy Scott in the back who's too embarrassed to accept any sort of recognition. We love you, Scott. Appreciate you so much. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.